getting ready for uh, revival starts. I don't know if it's a revival. I hate to call it a revival. Hopefully, we're not that far back that uh, that we need to be revived. But you just definitely need something. I know I need something, and I thank God for the opportunity. I uh, just want to make a, uh, a quick thing for that. We had to move it from May to, to uh, we didn't have to. Uh, Sarah's and Jonathan are renewing their vows on Saturday, so Dr. Peacock agreed a long time ago to do that. Uh, and he asked me, since we had a meeting in May, since he's already going to be up here, if we could do the, revi- the revival of the May meeting back in March this year so that he could take... Because otherwise, if he had done Sarah's and Jonathan's, he'd had been over Friday, Saturday, so he'd been out somewhere all week, and then had to fly right here and then do this and do that. And I'm like, I said, yeah, bro. I said for your, I mean, he's gone every week, probably every other week now, uh, and on the road all the time. And for his sake, I said, yeah, let's do it, man. I said it, to me, it, it's really not that big a deal. The the meeting is for us, and I don't mind anybody coming, but the meeting is for our church. And uh, so the, the crust of it is us anyways. And that's, so I just want to make sure everybody understood that. So if you thought that uh, I was changing everything for Sarah, that's not necessarily true. Although it, it played into it. And uh, I mean, he's going to be, I was trying to figure out how to get a Friday night meeting around that uh, rehearsal. Uh, I just couldn't figure out how to get it. He said, if I could figure it out, let him know, because he has a couple of them he'd like to do that too, too. Uh, we just haven't figured it out. So take your Bibles, go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 24, I believe. Man, I tell you what, it's, I was going through that stuff this morning, and uh, it is just an amazing thing when you sit down and just look at your Bible. I had a guy come in here yesterday. I felt so sorry for him. If you were here yesterday and you heard me yell and scream at him, I was about, if, I, if I'd have had a gun, I'd have done a J. Frank Norris on him. Uh, <laughs> the guy was, I mean, he walks in the door. I'm back here with Beth and... and uh, uh, so I'm gonna, I'll say this just in case you were anywhere around and you say, Mike's a madman. Well, he is. Uh, but, but this guy walks in with a Bible on his arm and he asked me to, you know, he wanted to see me and talk to me for a second. I'm like, sure, man, I'll, I'll sit down and talk to you. I said, wait a second, we're trying to print some Bibles or some uh, song books out because Beth is sitting there going, we need song books, we need new song books, we need new song books. So I start trying to print those out and get them made. And then and, uh, and this guy comes back and we sit in the office and we, it starts out cordial. And uh, you need to know who you're actually talking to. And if you know your Bible, then you can understand some things. Anyways, this guy starts talking. He's got a King James 1611 in his hand. And we're sitting there talking. And he goes, you know, something happened. He goes, I just want to tell you my story. I'm like, oh, man. When somebody wants to tell me their story, I'm like, this goes on and on and on. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world is like. What it worked out to be is he was trying to help me, not me help him. He was trying to correct Anchor Baptist Church because Anchor Baptist Church is like all the other churches in the whole wide world, and we're all deceived, and, and the devil's got us all, and, and he's got the answers. So I sit there for about five or ten minutes putting up with this, and I tried to show him, and he kept calling himself the Son of Man. Now, if you know anything about your Bible, when you get into Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Son of Man is Jesus Christ. So when you're sitting there saying the Son of Man, I am the Son of Man, I'm like, are you telling me you're Jesus Christ? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I'm, and I said, well, but the Bible, he goes, well, you know, the Bible, everything isn't in the Bible. And the moment he got there, I was like, I'm done with you, man. I'm done with you. Uh, I tried to show him he, if he's saved, he's the son of God and all this other stuff. It just didn't work. And pretty soon, uh, me and him was going about it. And I'm telling you, it's, if there's one thing I hate is when somebody walks in and they're going to try to take a they, need a, they need a pulpit is what they need. They need something that they can, you know, sit there and tell their 
their story. Well, I tell you what, typically most people don't want to hear your story. They, they'd love to hear how you got saved. That's a great thing to tell somebody. But to come in and then try to correct a church when you have no idea how the church is functioning or anything else, you're not part of the church. That's happened to me about two times, maybe three times this week, where people aren't really part of a church, they never were part of a church, and they're trying to tell the church what to do. I am tired of this world trying to tell us what to do. I got a Bible in my hand. I like my Bible. My Bible tells me what to do. I think the Lord tells me what to do. He told me I was a, um, he called me something because I believe the Bible is the word of God. And I'm like, I said, where's your authority at? I said, how in the world could I possibly tell a Catholic that you can't observe Ash Wednesday or you can't say the rosary or the rosary is doing this or communion and confession is wrong, what you're doing? How, where do I get my authority? It's right here out of this book. This is my authority. Uh, whether they believe it or not is irrelevant, but this is what I got. Uh, if you don't have that thing, you don't have anything. So anyways, Genesis. Genesis chapter 24. We're looking at, at Eliezer. Eliezer is going to get a bride uh, for his, his uh, master's son. Uh, the, the type all the way through 24, the types are just as clear as they can be. Uh, I remember the first time I heard about types. I asked this guy yesterday, I said, you know what a type is? He goes, hmm. I'm like... I said, you know what, dispensational, uh, but you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me what, what the Bible says, and I ask you a few basic questions. Well, I remember Fritz Beter said, I got on the USS uh, Scott, and uh, I was in my Bible sitting there trying to read it, and Fritz goes, Mike, do you know what types are? I'm like, types? I said, types, what's a type? And he goes, uh, biblical types. I, I go, I, I don't know. I said, you know, I know chocolate milk is a type of milk, and white milk is a type of milk, and I'd rather have chocolate milk than white milk. Uh, but I mean, when you say types, and he goes, well, and then he started talking about Adam and Eve being a type uh, of the church and Jesus Christ in the church, and, and Adam died for his bride. And when he said that, I mean, that's the first time I ever heard it in that light. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool, man. I said, and that's like, I guess, and then he went to the ark and a few other things in there. And the more you go through your Bible, what you'll do is you'll find all kinds of things that the Lord, this book isn't just a dead book laying here. It's a book that's spread out across 66 chapters, and the Lord's trying to show you something all through here. And when it comes to Jesus Christ, uh, I got a message this morning, man. I, I sit and read my Bible yesterday, and I come across this verse, and it, I was like, you do this number on that verse and turn your head sideways. And, and you've seen it before and read it before and everything else. And, and I'm sitting there going, well, Lord, I said, he goes, yeah. He goes, you need to, you need to preach that. That's what you're going to preach right there. And I said, okay, and nobody, I've never seen a message on it, so I'm going to preach it anyways. Uh, but you know what? You sit there and look at it and say, Lord, this thing is full of everything. When I read my Bible, it says, and he started at Genesis, and he starts at Moses, and he expounds himself, his life through there, and shows you himself all through the Old Testament. So really, when it gets to the cross, that shouldn't be some new thing. If you know anything about your Bible at all, which everybody should, uh, the Bible's a good book just to read to keep you out of trouble. Amen. I mean, you want to stay out of trouble, just read this book. It'll keep you out of trouble. We had class Thursday night, and uh, one of the young ladies in the class, uh, actually two of them, here's one of them sitting right here, the other one's not here right now, but uh, she goes, she goes oh, Sarah was reading over at Dr. Rubin's commentary in, in his Bible in the back back there, one of the appendixes. She goes, everything we do is sin. <laughs> And so I had to read it in class, and sure enough, one of the appendixes, just about anything you do, if you breathe, you're sin. If you wake up in the morning before you get out of bed, you start sinning. And while you're sleeping, you're sinning. So, I mean, everything you do is a sin. 
And it just so happens that at that particular moment, there's the other cohort in crime. But just as we sit there, I, I was teaching through Romans, which is all law, and Dr. Roman had uh, a couple of sayings on there, and one of the what, things he had on there was, uh, how do you know to do the right thing? And, and he had five statements there, and the first one was, is it, is it right? If it's right, then it's okay. That, then you can. So, I mean, she was sitting there, and she was worried, but is it sin? And everything is sin. Ah! Yeah, but however, now let's put the test to it. Is it right? Would Jesus do it? Can, can I ask God to bless it? There's about four or five things there. And when you sit and look at that stuff, you'll say, yeah, you know, okay, if I can do these things, then that moves it out of the sin realm. But that guy I was talking to yesterday, he was like, well, that Bible just diminishes me. I'm like, mm-hmm. That's like what it's supposed to do. I said, you got to get diminished so you know that you're the sinner for all of sin comes short of the glory of God, and you'll seek the Savior, and you'll get saved. That's what the whole purpose of the book is. If you don't get the book... Uh, I was teaching through that thing. Now, I'll get back to Genesis here in a second. But law, Romans is a whole book of law. And you know what's wrong with most people? You try to live the law. Man, don't you ever want to get to grace? I mean, I like the grace part, man. The grace is cool. I'm not talking altar grace where you throw up. You know, I got a suit and tie on. I don't make you. I've had preachers. Most preachers in the town will tell you don't come to this church because Mike makes you wear a suit and tie. That's exactly what the, I've heard. I can't even tell you how many times people come in here and told me that. I'm like, oh, really? I said, look around the room. Is everybody got a suit and tie on? No. I said, does all the ladies have dresses on? No. Then, uh, exactly. I said, no, if you're going to stand behind this pulpit, you ought to. I think the law is there as the schoolmaster to bring me to Christ. But once I get under Christ, I'm not going to do away with the law. There is still some very valuable things there, very valuable lessons that I can get from that, that I can do. Keeps me out of trouble. It's good not to steal. I don't know about you, but it really is good not to steal. It's good not to lie. It's good not to commit adultery. It's good not to take the Lord's name in vain. It's good to do a lot of stuff. But, but what happens to most of us is we don't get that thing and that we stick under the law and we never get through the law, all the way through the law to grace. Once you get, I mean, all of a sudden you'll come to this thing one day and you'll realize that this thing really doesn't work and we get saved, but still knowing this, I've seen so many people try to put everybody, keep them under the law. Independent, fundamental, King James, Bible, Baptist churches. I, I think the law is crazy. Why don't you get them a relationship with Jesus Christ? Guess what? They'll ask those five questions. Is it right? You know, I don't have to be around anybody that does anything if they'll sit there and ask themselves, is this right? Is the Lord think this is right? Now, you're all sinners. I know I'm a sinner too. We're all sinners for all of sin comes short of glory. Every one of us. Uh, that's why I gave you First John over there. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. I've heard people say, well, that's still a lost. That has nothing to do with lost person. That has to do with verse 4, which says that your joy may be full. You know how you get your joy full? You keep your sins under the blood. That means that I'm a sinner. Amen. If I'm a sinner, well, thank you, brother. I needed that. Yes, yeah, he's a sinner, wicked sinner. He's a wicked, exceedingly wicked sinner. Uh, they need somebody, amen that. But no, when you sit there and look at all that stuff, you pick your Bible up, we miss we miss the joy of serving Jesus Christ because we're always under the stinking, filthy law. I don't say stinking, filthy law. It's not stinking, filthy. It's good. The law is good. Uh, it, it taught me some things, and then it brought me to something. But I can't take that law and apply it to anybody else. It has to apply to me. And I'm not going to make anybody else. But you know what I've watched is people who get on the other side of that thing called law and get to grace, they understand the law. Excuse me. They understand the law totally. They understand grace totally, and there's a blend there that they come across that they start modeling their life after Jesus Christ. 
That's what you want to do. You, want to, you don't want it to do this. You want it to blend in there so after a while it looks like it. And you can't tell the difference. Well, my finger here is broke, so. But you can't tell the difference between law and grace in somebody's life because when they have long suffering, you know how you know if you, you got to the grace part? You get love and joy and peace and long suffering uh, like the Lord has. Uh, the Lord knew the law, and he could, he could I mean, he, he, he looked at that woman at the, uh, that was caught in adultery, the very act, and they brought her. Where's the other guy at? I always question that one. That's kind of obvious that they didn't bring that. But anyways, where's that guy at? But here's this girl, and, and he could have he quoted every verse in Genesis, Revelation, the Ten Commandments, all of them that were dealt with adultery that that lady was caught in, and he could have been the one to judge her, if anybody. And he goes, woman, where are thine accusers? She looked around and says, hey, you kind of did away with all of them. I don't know where they're at. I guess the only one that would really be here is you. And, and since you're asking the question, she goes, I don't know. And he goes, okay, go and sin no more. And he, it, that's long-suffering. That's grace. He knows the law, but he chooses to apply mercy and grace instead of the law. Uh, if you ever get to where you get past the law there, you'll learn how to apply mercy and grace. And you'll apply it the right way. Right here in the Bible, go to uh, 2411. We stopped here. This is where I said I stopped last time. If I stopped the week before that here, you're going to get this all over again. I tried to write on here where I stopped it. But 11, uh, he, uh, Eliezer comes up, and, and he's sitting here talking to the Lord. And all the way up, it says, and he made his camels to kneel down uh, without the city. So he gets from where Abraham's at all the way up there. It's about a 30-day trip. And he made uh, his camels to kneel down uh, without the city. Uh, by a well of water at the time of the evening, uh, even at the time women go to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my uh, master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, uh, and the daughters of the, of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, uh, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast kindness unto my master. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. We pray that you bless the Sunday school lesson, and the Lord will praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you know what happens? I was talking about that law and grace thing. What will happen with the law and grace thing is if you don't get on the other side of that thing called law and get to the area where grace is, uh, you will never, hardly, ever, 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 ever trust Jesus Christ. You're going to always make the decisions based on the law that you think you know. Then you're going to try to apply that law to everybody around you. And like I said Thursday night in the class, uh, lost people, what they'll say is, well, they do it. Everybody else does it. Uh, if, if it's okay for them, it's okay for me. Uh, it's, it's just a little bit won't hurt. Yes, it will. Because what happens is you're still in the law area and you're trying to justify your actions compared to somebody else that's in the law area and you can't do it. I'm, I hate to tell you this, but right is right and wrong is wrong. And unless you can accept, that guy yesterday could not accept right. Uh, he had in his mind fixed what he was thinking and what I was, and, and he was the superior being in this church when he walked in. And I'm like, no, I'm going to show you the door and I'm going to boot you out of the thing, man. Uh, I don't like kicking anybody out of church, but something like that, a, a devil, man, if I can see the devil, I'm going to kick him out, man. I mean, right off the bat. And uh, I felt like this guy was a devil. But, 
But you got to get to the place where you get out of that law thing because what you're going to do, the, the problem isn't the person sitting next to you, it is you. Now that will offend people. Then you got to say, okay, wait a second, is what that person just said about me true or false? Then where is the standard you're going to get the truth at? Truth. He's looking at, Pilate's looking at Jesus, he says, what is truth? He's looking right at it. So you know where truth is going to lie? I'm going to tell you, it's right there. You say, well, you say stuff that offends me. Good. <laughs> Good. If you got a problem with anything I said, I'm giving you the privilege to come up and say, hey, Mike, you offended me. That will give me another chance to offend you more. <laughs> but you can offend me, too. I don't care, man. I mean, you ain't going to really offend me. Uh, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. I like a good fight, man. I think a good fight's good. I got to get that little chief out of me every now and then. You know, just every now and then God will send somebody in like that guy yesterday. And, oh, brother, I'm telling you what, they're just, they're just a waste of your time. Uh, what the devil will do is he'll put people in your life that will waste your time. Uh, if you can't, your time is limited. I'm 65, man. My time is limited. Uh, it's getting more and more limited every day. I don't have time to play games with fools that want to be fools. If they want to be a fool, be a fool. You guys are all here on church on Sunday morning, man. I think it's a blessing. I don't mind helping anybody if you're here. But if you're, you say I'm a Christian, you ought to be in church. If you're not in church, if this ain't, I, I tell people all the time, if this isn't the church you can go to, find one. But you need to be in church where you can learn something. How? Because you got to figure out a way. If all you're getting is, is TV and Netflix or, or IMBD or whatever some of those other ones are, if that's all you're getting, that's the input, you're going to start thinking, how many of y'all even care about the war in the Ukraine? I could care less. You say, why? But, but I know people in the Ukraine. <laughs> well, okay. But how about the people in Africa? Do you care about them? They're killing each other in Africa right now. Hey, do you care about the people in China? What's the difference? People are people. See, what we do is we look at one little thing, and that's, that's all the news media is pumping. Uh, anything you watch, on, I was on a computer yesterday doing something, and all of a sudden this, this thing came on. And it was this lady, and she's a Ukrainian. Now, I'm not against the Ukraine. Don't get me wrong. We support missionaries in Ukraine. We, we used to. They're not there no more. We still support them, but they're not there. Uh, they, this lady started dressing. It's all about the Ukraine. Ukraine this, Ukraine that, Ukraine this, Ukraine that. Nobody knows anything about the Ukraine. Nobody knows really anything about what Russia is doing. They just chose sides by how you're told to choose sides. Logically, you haven't done your homework to find out anything. Ukraine is probably one of the most wickedest places on the face of this planet. Corrupt. You should have known that when Biden and his son was over making money all over. The, they launder, uh, brother... There is so much stuff behind what goes on in this world. They don't want to tell you. Now they want us to send our young people over there to die. Why? Now, if they call me up, I told y'all I would go. But I don't, want to tell, I don't want to get behind the bandwagon to make people go in and die. It's bad enough what's going on right now. But to send our young people in there to die ain't, ain't for it at all. Uh, you say, well, you're in the military for, for 14 years. Yeah, I was. And I know i got to protect my nation, but there has to come a place in there where I'm like, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord's going to tell you, well, I made a commitment. As a matter of fact, I still got an active ID card. You know what that does? That makes me susceptible to go into the military. If I don't want to go in the military, all i got to do is go cut my ID card up and, and be done with it. But as long as I'm using your, your tax dollars hard at work, <laughs> uh, I should be able to go. Back to this. Otherwise, I'll, trans I'll, I'll get off onto something else over there. Isaiah or Eliezer is in 
the land. He's praying to the Lord. He gives the Lord specific things he's praying for. Uh, He stands to pray. And he says, Lord, help me. First of all, he was sent on a mission. He knew that he was on a mission for Abraham. He knew Abraham was God's servant. He knew he was serving a man that is God's servant. And the Lord already told Abraham what he was going to do. Abraham is just getting Isaac to fulfill that thing for him. So he knows it's going to be a prosperous journey. When he asks for something, there's a lot of stuff on the background here that, that Eliezer already knows that has already taken place, that that's what he's praying Brother, if you're praying a fresh prayer that you have no idea whether God's going to bless that thing, the best thing you can do is, Lord, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Whatever seemeth good to thee, show me. And then let him start guiding and directing your steps into what he wants to do. You let your flesh get involved, and pretty soon, I've watched Christians down through the years, brother. I mean, they have justified just about everything they want to justify because that's what they want. And that's just not the way you get a prayer answered. Eliezer makes a prayer here. I think, number one, your prayer should be serious. Uh, You should know exactly what you're asking God for. Not something just superfluous. I mean something real. You should know why you're praying. Uh, You should pray with with a purpose, a distinct purpose behind what you're asking. Uh, Eliezer knew exactly what he was asking. I need a wife for my uh, master Abraham. It's a 30-day trip over here. I don't want to make this thing once or twice or three times. I want to get the right one right now. Period. I'm done. If I can't get the right one, then show me. And he's, he, what he's doing is he's trusting God. So he puts a, he's like uh, Gideon, man. And he says, well, let it rain on the fleece. Let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry around it. And the next day he goes, okay, let the, let the gr- ground be wet and the fleece be wet. Or the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. And uh, so he's checking God out. And when the Lord showed him that thing, Gideon went, and then he goes, okay. Uh, and he says, go down to the camp. And he gets down to the camp. And a tumbleweed comes into the camp. He says, it's the sword of Gideon. I still never figure that one out. How do you get the sword of Gideon out of a tumbleweed? But that's okay, whatever God put in their hearts. Brethren, you know what you got to do when you get in it? you got to trust God. If you trust God with your life, remember, you got a whole life out in front of you. If you want that thing to be just as sweet out there at 35, 40 years from now as it is today, you say, well, you always talk about the rapture. Ah, what if it don't come for 35, 40 years? I thought it was going to be here in 1989. 99? How about 2009, anybody yet? How about, how about 2019? It still ain't here. Uh, we're in now 2022, and it still ain't here. Uh, is it going to be in my lifetime? Yeah, it's going to be in my lifetime, but I don't know exactly when. Uh, your prayers should be in the will of God. How do you know if your prayer is in the will of God? You're going to have to find out what the will of God is. Eliezer knew that the will of God was him to come and get a bride for Isaac. He knew that the will of God was God told Abraham and Abraham knew exactly what to do, and Abraham sent his servant to do it. He knew what the will of God was. Eliezer was right dead smack in the center of the will of God when he started praying this thing. The thing was, is he's, he's asking the Lord to show him clearly what to do. You know what that tells you? God will show you what to do. You don't have to make a flip a coin and say, oh, should I do this, should I do that, and then wonder the rest of your life. You can know exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it if you just wait on the Lord. Man, I've been doing that 43 years I've watched that thing. People say, oh, you're just, they think I'm afraid to do anything. I'm not afraid to do nothing. But boy, I know if I can get the Lord behind it, it works out a lot smoother than if I don't. Uh, prayer, prayer should not be self-serving. It shouldn't be for your own filthy, stinking flesh. Unless it's ice cream. Ice cream's cool, but no. 
I can never go into down Kroger, down the ice cream aisle, and pray to God about which flavor to get. I just have to, I just have to sin. That's all I can do at that point is sin. I'm going to go down through there, and I'm, you know what I do? I do the Jewish thing. I go down there, and whichever one's on sale has got to be the will of God. <laughs> I go by the bakery. I have standards. Some things I just don't think you have to pray about because you're going to get the wrong answer if you do. <laughs> if I see a cheesecake on the, on the bakery side that has a woohoo sticker on it, I know it's the will of God for me to have that cheesecake. You don't ever see that very much, but every now and then the Lord has mercy on me and lets me get a cheesecake. Beth don't think it's the will of God, but, but I think I got, I got to tell the Lord, you got the perfect, the, uh, the acceptable, and the good. That is, uh, I'm hoping it's the good. I'm hoping it can fit in there somewhere, because uh, if it don't, it fits here somewhere, which is not good. That's not good either. But, but Eliezer was praying, and brethren, that, the lesson down through here is he's the, he's the Holy Spirit. He's he already knows what the will of God is. So he is the Holy Spirit in this case. Isaac is Jesus Christ and Abraham's the father. You got the, the, the father, son, Holy Ghost. You got the Godhead sitting right there in this passage. People say, I don't believe in the Trinity. I am so sick of hearing people say Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. They haven't got enough brains in their head to, to understand that the word Trinity is triune three, and it is a, a word we use for the Godhead. You can't get them to see that. You know what they want to do? They just want to argue. They don't want no Bible. The Bible's full of this stuff. Uh, but then he goes on, verse 15. And it came to pass. Now, if you ever want to see God's direct will in your life, get in the will of God. It's not something that usually happens instantaneously. It's something that is something going on in a period of time. And you're working through this thing over a period of time, and you're right at a place where this thing is going to be fulfilled, and you're asking the Lord to show you and to keep you right down that. That's all this is. This isn't the first time that this was brought up to the Lord. This isn't the last time. Uh, Eliezer is still putting that prayer out, always making sure. You should never stop praying until you get what you think the Lord wants you to have. Or the Lord shows you that's not what you need. The first thing is to understand what he wants and then figure out how to do it. And he'll work all that stuff out. Verse 15, and it came to pass before he had done speaking. I mean, he didn't even get the words out. That behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, uh, the son of Milcah, the son of, Nah of the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with a pitcher upon her shoulder. Now, now Rebekah had no idea what was going on right here. Uh, she did not know that some guy was out there looking for a bride. Uh, she did not. She, you know, she's just some happy-go-lucky young girl, man, just out there having a good time, working. No complaining, working. Now watch this. And the damsel was very fair to look upon. Now Eliezer probably realized that. A virgin, neither had any man known her. The Holy Spirit clearly lets you know what God's looking for here. Uh, he's looking for a particular girl to do something for him. Uh, the best thing you can do, young ladies, keep yourself clean. Keep yourself clean. You never know what God's going to do. But if you, if you can do that, do it. And, and I, No, you need to do it anyways. Don't, if you can, do it. Uh, this world will tell you what to do. That's crazy. But anyways, uh, and she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. She's the right stock, but Eliezer doesn't know that. She's from the right family. She's the right appearance, and she's the right condition. Eliezer doesn't know any of that yet. He doesn't know a single thing about this young lady yet, except she comes out. And the servant ran to meet her. Eliezer looks and says, man, this little girl's got just about everything that, that needs to happen here. There's some things I don't know, but hey, I'm going to check it out. 
and I'm going to find out what the deal is. And he goes in, and the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, I pray thee, drink a little water uh, of thy pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. Now she starts answering, she starts fulfilling the prayer that Eliezer just prayed. Eliezer didn't tell her nothing. Brother, I'm telling you, you can trust God. If you don't trust God, you're wasting time. Trusting God is one of those things where you get beyond law into grace. And you get out here and you never forget the law because God's still looking. Jesus Christ said, I did not come to do away with the law, I come to fulfill it. So the day I trusted Jesus Christ, guess what? I fulfilled all the law in Christ. But that doesn't do away with the law. Abstain from all appearances of evil. That's a rough one to do in our day and time. But you got to do it. I got to do it. I mean, it has to be done. I mean, my, my flesh is like anybody else's. All flesh is grass. For anybody to say that their flesh is... That guy yesterday, he was like, he was in a center. I'm like, whoa, man. I said, you're too holy for us. I said, we, we'll never, we're Baptists, man. We can't handle that. <laughs> well, I'm serious. You got, she said, drink, my Lord. And she hastens, let down her pitcher upon her hand, uh, hand and gave him drink. And when he had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels until they had done drinking. And she hasted, emptied her pitcher and uh, into the trough and ran again uh, under the well and, and drew water uh, and, and drew for all the camels. I got a little saying right here that uh, I thought I, I stole this quote from somebody, but I couldn't find it anywhere, so I'm going to claim it for my own. That I just, uh, God never uses anybody that isn't already busy. Uh, this young lady is, is, is humping, man. I mean, she's, she's humping. Uh, he's got 10 camels, and I don't know about you, but the humps on the back of a camel, they say, is full of water. And these camels probably ain't got no humps on them anymore, or they're drained. And she's filling these camels up. And she's doing it with a pitcher. This girl's humping, man. I mean, she's working. She has no idea that she's going to get anything out of it. She's just doing it. You know what's wrong with most of us is we're looking for what we can get before we do anything. You know what the Lord's looking for? He's looking for somebody just to do it. Somebody who knows what to do and just does it and then goes on the extra mile beyond. All, all Eliezer asked for was a drink of water. But he back here said, Lord, now, if this girl's a girl, I mean, you're going to send me over here. I know you sent me 30 days. And Abraham, then I want her to do this, 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 and she's going to have to get my camel. I'm not going to ask her, but she's going to get my camels to drink. And brother, the Lord put that thing in that little girl's heart, and she went out there and did exactly what Eliezer I said, I had a friend in here I was talking to the other day. I said, brother, I said, where your problem is is you've never made this thing real. This thing is real. Amen. Christianity is real. We don't have a camp on, in July just to have a camp on July just to get rid of the kids for a week. The thing is real. We, I know that if we can't get the word of God in these kids, nobody else is going to do it. These other pastors out there are doing the same thing. The purpose is to get the kids the word of God. It's not to get them married. It's not to find their mate, their soulmate. It's to get the word of God in them so they can make the right decision. You know what, you know what uh, Rebecca's doing? She's done got stuff in her. She's making the right decision here. She's working her little fingers to the bone. Uh, look there in verse 20. And she hasted. And she ran again in verse 20. There in the middle. Look at verse 18. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted. Go over to verse, uh, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse, uh, something else. There's another verse in here. Uh, 28, 28. Verse 28. 
And the damsel ran. Look, man, this girl, ain't, she ain't putting around doing nothing. She's, the hardest thing you'll ever do, it's, it's easy to do that when you're young. I'll say that. Uh, but the hardest thing you'll ever do is let life go on by and quit messing with this thing called life out there, thinking that you're going to find what you're looking for out there when it's not out there at all. It's right here. Uh, you know where I found my life at? Right there, man. Right in that book. I spent, I spent three years learning electronics. I spent two and a half of them at 15 hours, 16 hours a day, nothing but mathematics and electronics. I loved electronics. And I loved the Navy. And I, that's why I spent that time. You know why I spent that kind of time? It's because I loved what I was doing. If I didn't love what I was doing, I would quit it. You know how I can prove that? I don't do electronics no more. Because I don't love it like I used to love it. I learned some lessons, valuable lessons in life. You need to learn how to love something, bro, number one. Because if, I'm telling you what, you know why you don't do nothing for Jesus Christ? You don't love him like you should. You're missing something, man. You're missing something. I'm missing something. I keep, man, I tell you what, if I, I want to I still cry, man. I was, my message this morning, I was sitting there, I was crying this morning while I was putting that thing together. I had to get my, I run out of a box of tissues, man, and my, and down, I got a, a garbage can full of tissues. Not all for today, but I, I emptied my box of tissues out this morning. And I was like, Lord, thank you, man, that I still shed a tear. I, I was just sitting there doing a message and reading that song, and, and I, the more I read the song and the, te- the message, I was like, tears started running down my face. And, and I, I'm thinking, man, that's me right there. I said, that's me. I said, that's what you've done for me. That's what you, you helped me. I said, you could have helped anybody, but you just chose to help me one day. And I was sitting there all messed up, and you just chose to help me. And I said, that's me. You know what your problem is, is you forgot that he did it for you. That's what he's doing here for Abraham. You know why Abraham was a friend of God? Because God did stuff for him, and Abraham knew God did for stuff for him. Now watch this. Man, he's going to start preaching. I got 40. You got your bell? I'm going I'm to start getting that before church service. <laughs> she hasted, man. Everywhere in the text the reader reads gets the attention. It calls your attention to her that she's an energetic young lady. You know, God, I'm telling you, God don't, if you're, if you're just sitting there waiting for her, well, they won't let me. Do, he won't let me. Brother, I'll tell you what. I, I was in here yesterday. I, I thank for everybody who came out. Man, they did a really good job. Uh, the garage is clean. Uh, Andrew come in here, and Joe come in here a couple times. Andrew came in here and said, could you come out here and tell us what to throw away? I said, I ain't coming out there, man. I said, out of sight, out of mind. He said, good, I'm done. So I go out there, and they've done thrown everything away. I mean, I had, a, I had a brand new ping pong table out there. It's gone. It's in the trash can. All the parts were in that garage. And I never thought, really thought about it. And they, they said, what's these four brackets over here for? I said, they're for my ping pong table. They said, where's the, I said, where's it at? And they all like, <laughs> I shut up, man. I shut up. You know what they did? They cleaned it up. They got it set up for where they can put a lawnmower back there in the backside of it so we can get a lawnmower this year and cut the grass. Because all the people who were cutting grass quit their business. Now we got to figure out a way to cut the grass again. So now we need a place to put the lawnmower. I was sitting there watching all these people do that, so I was thanking God for that stuff. I didn't tell them to do that. You know what I learned? I need to shut my mouth and let them do some stuff and just get back out of the way because if I go out there, I want to keep everything, and it'll be just as messed up as it was before I got out there, so I let them do it. But they were hustling, man. They were hustling inside the building. Everywhere you looked, they were hustling. Uh, This church hadn't been this clean in a while. I was was pretty impressed with that. Uh, And then that guy came in. I thought I was going to kill him. Messed everything up, man. It did. But she was hasting. You know what you got to do? Is you you got to find a way to keep that thing in your life 
live, real, fresh. Otherwise, you'll just get tired. Church should never make you tired. I like church. I, like, I, get, I get tired coming to church. I get tired serving God. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I've been doing this thing for 43 years. I'm tired of seeing people fail. I heard, heard a brother fail and some things happened. I, I wasn't happy about that at all, man. I said, me and that guy has some issues. We have some issues against each other. Not, not strong ones. I don't hate him. I don't think he hates me. But I don't want to see a brother fall. I mean, I don't, there's no way I want to see a brother fall. Wow, there's just one more that's out of, the, out of the fight. Man, I tell you what, this thing is, it's a battle. It's a battle. You're in a battle, and you need to get this thing down where you're in a battle. A servant, the servant at this point, Eliezer, that's all he can do is observe. Have you ever been in a place where things are happening so fast that all you can do is just observe? This church was that way. I mean, I walked out there, and this thing was falling apart. And the Lord said, are you sure you can do this? I'm like, yeah. And I mean, we did a lot of stuff, but I felt like for the last 15, 16 years, all I could do was observe what was going on. I mean, it was happening so fast that it was like, get this, get this, that piano, all this stuff, everything was just bam, 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 bam. And as soon as you got one thing, the next thing was there. And as soon as you got that thing, the next thing was there. And as soon as you did that one, the next one was there. And the next one was there. And now I told Dr. Peacock the other day, I said, I feel like I'm not doing nothing. I'm sitting, he goes, he goes, Elliot, everything's there. I know, yeah, but I, I mean, it was like, we was just hump, everything was all over the place. And now it's like, I don't know. I mean, that's what I feel like. I don't know how to feel like that. I really don't, man. I mean, I'm, my dad never let me do that. He just beat me up and stuff, made me work. I thought that's what you were supposed to do, to sit in. Dr. Big goes, well, now you got to study your Bible. I said, can I go start a mission somewhere? I go and turn it over to somebody. No, you can't. The servant at this point can only observe. Things are happening faster than he can process the data. That's what happened here, brother. I mean, it, this thing, I'm, I'll use this, just the church as an example. I've had people walk in here, evangelists, and say, how did you do that? I don't know. It was just like there. <laughs> and then the next thing was there, and the next thing was there. The next thing, my house was that way. I had people say, laugh at me because I was going to build a house over in Grange Hall. They said, you can't do it. The city looked at me like I was crazy. The Lord told me exactly what to do. And I said, okay, I put a thousand bucks up, got a set of plans, didn't have no money, rolled the plans up, said, Lord, I'm done. Beth hands me this thing. Guy gives me 125000 gives me $50,000 to get started. And the house is sitting over in Grange Hall. And I'm sitting there going, that thing, I'm telling you, I could not walk. Whew. I could not walk into Lowe's or Home Depot or Furrow's or Carter's or any one of those stores. I could not walk in there and not find something I needed to put in that house every stinking day, man. Three or four times a day while I was building that house. Pennies on the dollar. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, you, tell me, you say, Mike, why do you look for everything woohoo? Because that's just all I know. I walked into Lowe's one day to get something, and I was just going to buy a freezer for Beth. I was going to pay full price. The manager wouldn't let me do it. He said, no, man. He goes, no, no, you never buy nothing for full price, and you ain't buying that for full price. You get a contractor's discount, 20% off. <laughs> I just started laughing, man. I mean, I watched that thing for two years. I thought that house was going to take me 10 years to build. The Lord said, oh, you don't, you're not up. The only reason it took two years is you're just not fast enough. If I could have been faster, man, that thing would have been done in 60 minutes. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I remember the front porch, we, I have my, this kind of wood on my front porch underneath. 
And the day I walked out, I walked out on, on a, one morning and I was going to work. And every morning I did the same thing. I went to one of the stores, box stores, and, and I, I didn't even know what I was looking for. I, don't, I didn't go looking for nothing. What, what was there, if it hit me in the face, I'm like, okay, that's it. And I walked in that day and, and I didn't have any of the stuff on my front porch. And I didn't know. I said, I don't know what I'm looking for today. Don't care. I'll stop at Lowe's over here. And I stopped over Lowe's and they had just taken all that stuff down, wood like this, tongue and groove, off of these racks and had them on carts and they put all new stuff up. And I said, hey, what's this stuff for? And they go, oh, it's, it's we don't want it anymore. It's going to be on clearance. And I got the manager and I said, where's the manager at? And I said, hey, what do you want for it? He said, oh, Mike, he said, make me an offer. I said, I'll give you two bucks a foot or a foot, buck a foot or whatever. A buck a board, a buck a board. No, I, I think I said two bucks a board. And he goes, oh, I'll take all you want. It was like $10 a board. I'm like, Raz, I could have said a buck, man. I could have said a buck. I said, it's just said 50 cents. Uh, but I walked out of there with enough wood to do that underneath. I had no idea what it was. You know what the Lord did? He had them last night, the night before, they'd take the wood off the shelves, put it on a cart for me, have it sitting there on a the cart, and I can name my price the next day when I walk in the door and get all I want. That's happened to me for 43 years. Mike, Mike's a witness right there. He's been around me long enough to see that stuff happen. As a matter of fact, he'll call me up and say, hey, can you get me a deal like that? He calls me up one day and he goes, hey, man, that's God. I'm telling you, it's not me, it's God. He calls me up one day and says, hey, uh, there's a bathtub up at Lowe's I want. And they, they got it marked down to $75 and they won't, they won't even talk to me. Remember that? So he calls me up. He says, will you go? I'm like, yeah, I'll go, man. I said, they ain't going to talk to me. So I go, me and Andrew goes. And we go up there, Andrew's a little kid. And, and uh, we go up there and I walk in and the manager's there, some lady. And, and we don't even go look at the tub. I said, hey, uh, ma'am. She goes, yeah, Mike, what do you need? I said, well, you got a tub back here. It's marked 75 bucks. Uh, I said, I just wonder if you take anything. She goes, give me 35, you can have it. Andrew looks at her and goes, Dad, I don't understand this. Every time you walk in, you get everything for like half price. <laughs> and the manager looked right at him and said, son, you better learn how to do that. She goes, I do it myself. I'm telling you, man, you, God, when you get God behind what you're doing or you get into what he's doing, if he tells you what to do, he's already got that thing figured out how it's going to play. There's nothing you can do. You cannot stop it. Uh, all you can do is get in it and go for the ride, man. That's what Eliezer's doing right here. He's, he's along for the ride. <laughs> and you know where I got that? I got it right here on the Bible, man. I, I'm like, well, I can do, hey, I, if you do that for them, can you do that for like me? You didn't ring the bell, brother. Look at that. It's 1050. It's pretty bad when I got to remind you to ring the bell. <laughs> but I, it's, it's insane, brother. I'm telling you, man. This thing called life is life. It's fun. And if you get into it, what you'll start finding out is he'll give you some things. He'll give you stuff up front just to, I want to be an electronic technician. He let me be that. He let me go in the Navy with that bad finger. He let me do that because that was, that was like the hook. <laughs> what he was doing was suckering me, man, down the road. He's got plenty of time. He'll just sucker you right into it. And you'll get all this fun. You'll know it's him doing it. And then later on down the road, he'll say, down, what you do this. But you'll already be ready for that. The reason you can't get, I said that and I'll stop right here. He will never call anybody to do anything that you're not already doing something. I was working two jobs, eight hours a day, 16 hours a day at two different steel plants across Louisville, Kentucky when I joined the Navy. I quit 16 hours a day to start working 24 hours a day. And the rest of it's history. 
You say, well, did you know you were going to? No, I didn't know. I wasn't going in the Navy. I was not going in the Navy. That right there, I'm not going in the Navy. That's Rebecca. Rebecca's just out there working, man. She's having a good time. She's got to figure. It's, it's more fun to just do stuff and enjoy it than to do stuff and hate it. Rebecca is sitting here enjoying it. Eliezer is just going, <laughs> he's watching. He's like, I just said that, man. There, look at this. This girl's doing like 10 times what I ever thought she was going to do. And he, the servant marveled. The servant questioned within himself, just like Gideon, is this girl single? <laughs> is it, well, I hope she's single. Is she, from, is she for Abraham's? Is she from Abraham's kindred? And even if she is, meets the first two requirements, will she be willing to go? That's the next thing. Will she be willing to go sight unseen? And God sometimes calls you to do stuff, and you just, you're not going to see everything, but you get to the place where you trust him, and you go, look, I can trust you. I'll follow you. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Didn't get as far as I wanted to get, Lord, but, boy, Lord, this is just such a good story. Uh, I just pray that you'd continue to bless it. Lord, you, you blessed this thing for thousands of years. Lord, continue to put your hand upon it. Uh, what a sweet story. What a sweet Bible we have. Uh, bless the morning service. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bitter, bitter, bitter.